0: Time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. And welcome in. It's another edition of 5th Avenue Faceoff. I am your host, Chris Mack, from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh and The Fan Morning Show. We got you covered. Uh, today, we talked to Derek Scully, Robert Morris University men's hockey coach. He was at the Frozen Four. We talked to him about that. We talked to him about the return of RMU hockey, which he's been very involved in over the last year and a half or so. And look, we're going to get opinions on what's going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's a good guy to ask. Uh, but that is where we will start and where we will end today. And perhaps where it ends for the Pittsburgh Penguins is a Tuesday night Home finale, game 81 against the Chicago Blackhawks at PPG Paints Arena on Tuesday night. A 5-2 loss to a team who, at least going into the game, had about a 20% chance or so, I think it was, of winning the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. For those not in the know, Bedard, the undisputed number one selection in the upcoming NHL entry draft. Blackhawks are bad. They and the Columbus Blue Jackets, who the Penguins will play on Thursday night, are easily the two worst teams in the league. Although the Anaheim Ducks, every once in a while, feel like they need to poke their beaks into that conversation as well. Nonetheless, the Penguins had it laid out before them that their own destiny had been handed back to them. We talked about it the other day. They needed Washington to pull off the upset. They needed things to happen right all of a sudden we were all washington capital fans <laughs> on monday night when's the last time that happened right and we were all toronto maple leafs fans and the maple leafs got about halfway there they beat the florida panthers but in overtime and the washington capitals capitals they did their bit they beat the islanders Beat them good, too. Jumped out to a 3-0 lead early, about halfway through the first period. And so it all came rushing back to the Penguins. The ability to control their own destiny going into their final two regular season games. I rehash all of this for those of you that know exactly what the storyline was. Not because I think you've forgotten it or because you've mentally blacked out. Although some of us certainly have for moments during the past 24 hours or so. but because. We have to put the proper framework around this thing. The proper framework around this thing is that the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite having so many opportunities this year to pile up points, the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite being granted as many advantages as they were, and believe me, despite everything we need to talk about with their goaltending and with their management and even some coaching decisions, With everything, including that, rolled up into this big poop sandwich that we're all going to take a big bite of today and perhaps for the next few weeks and months. Despite all of that, they had been handed advantages. The Pittsburgh Penguins had been handed the advantage of having two of the greatest players of their generation having very good seasons at 35 and 36 years of age, respectively. That does nothing to mention the quality season their 36-year-old number one defenseman was also having. Crosby, Malkin, and Latang were kept together as the core of this team on the ice, not because the Penguins felt like they couldn't do any better, not because they felt like they owed them a joyride, one last go-round, the last dance like the 98 Chicago Bulls, as much as it may have been a byproduct of it, they granted these three the opportunity because it was their best chance to win. And it remains, surprisingly so, after 81 games, their best chance to win. Crosby, Malkin, Latang, And all year, it remained their best chance chance to win. The first time in the careers of Sidney Crosby and of Gennie Malkin that they both played every single regular season game in the same season. And again, didn't just show up, but showed out at times, especially given their ages. Crosby 35, Malkin 36. They were given every advantage, this organization and this team by getting not just mm, seasons from Crosby and Malkin this year, but getting damn good seasons from those guys, despite being in their mid to upper thirties. And again, we'll roll Latang into that, but it still wasn't enough. It still wasn't enough for this team. And it's why they will go down, whether they somehow back their way in or not, because that possibility still exists. According to 538.com, there's a, double-check the number, 14% chance it could happen. Despite that, they will go down as the most undeserving playoff team of the Crosby, Malkin, Letang era. No doubt. Because despite everything those three did, especially those two, and especially Sidney Crosby, despite everything they did, wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough because the pieces put in place around them, to be quite honest, eh, weren't very good. Oh, solid year from Jake Gensel, sure. Phenomenal compared to expectations for Ricard Raquel and Jason Zucker. Raquel will be here for a while going forward, you presume, at least based on his contract status, and you hope to bring Zucker back. No doubt those pieces were in place. The top two lines, productive more often than not throughout the first 81 games. But the bottom two lines, extending Jeff Carter, deciding almost two years ago now to dispatch with the Jared McCanns and Brandon Tannovs of the world. They will go down as some of the larger mistakes in franchise history. And the only reason they don't go down as the largest mistake made by Ron Hextall and Brian Burke in the last 24 months or so is because those 24 months, they contain the decision to move ahead with Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith as this team's goaltending tandem. And neither one of them, despite positive signs here and there and quality performances scattered about the season from each of them, neither of them ever showed that they could be the goaltender to make the big save with the game on the line, at least not consistently so. You saw it in the Blackhawks game. Tristan Jari letting a warm trickle run down the inside of his leg as he attempts to kick or move or somehow or another play a puck while stumbling back towards his crease. And the puck ends up in the net for the second goal in 25 seconds that essentially kills the Penguin season. You saw it repeatedly this year, especially in the last few weeks, from Casey to Smith when he blew an opportunity in Detroit after nearly blowing an opportunity a couple nights before against the Washington Capitals, neither one of these guys is starting a number one goaltender material. They are undeserving of being the guy that leads a team who needs quality goaltending on a playoff run. That'll be one of the first big steps that has to happen this offseason, figuring out the goaltending situation. But they're undeserving. The organization as a whole, undeserving. And yet, and yet there they sat with an opportunity on Tuesday night to simply win a game and put themselves in position to capture two more points. Just, Four points in their last two games from the two worst teams in the league. That's all they had to do. And they couldn't do it. They shot attempts. They nearly doubled up the Chicago Blackhawks. So you say, well, you can't, can't blame Crosby, Malkin, and the Those guys. Yeah, sure I can. Yeah, it's on Jari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's on Jari. Because, again, he collapsed in a big moment. But when your superstars don't finish, Sidney Crosby had four or five, maybe half a dozen layups, none of which he finished on. Evgeny Malkin scored. That was nice. Felt like it breathed life back into the building. Wasn't enough. It was the last gasp of a terminal patient on their deathbed. Not to make this too dark, but we may have seen the death of an era on Tuesday night. Certainly, it's not mathematically official, at least right now as of Wednesday afternoon when I record this. But within nine hours of now, if the New York Islanders have secured at least a point against the Montreal Canadiens, it will be the death of a season and the first time in 17 years that a season has ended before the playoffs started for a franchise that has been granted so many advantages over the last 40 years. And they've taken advantage of so many of them, right? Five Stanley Cups, a litany of scoring titles, Hart Trophies, Lemieux, hyoger Crosby, Malkin. And those are just the four best. I mean, that goes nothing for the Francis's and Latangs and Coffees and Reckies and Stevens and you could run down the list, Kunitz. But here they are, undeserving of a playoff spot in what should have been, at the very least, one more run to the playoffs for Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. And who knows? Maybe they somehow back in. Maybe you're listening to this on Thursday morning and the Islanders... They blew it. They ended up looking like the undeserving ones Wednesday night against Montreal. And all the Penguins have to do now is beat the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday night. Maybe that's the case as you listen to this now. (sighs) Wouldn't that just be the way? They somehow blew it then or actually got into the playoffs and didn't show up against Boston. That's the thing. You cannot count on this team. At all anymore. I said it a few weeks ago. There's no way to predict what this team will or will not do on any given day, other than the fact that they'll be mismanaged. And there's another guy who's undeserving, Ron Hextall. Brian Burke, who's been conspicuously quiet the last few months, most of this season, at least on hockey matters. Whether it's Fenway Sports Group, we blame, whether it's Brian Burke, Ron Hextall. Hell, you could even blame Mike Sullivan for being stubborn in some of the decisions he refused to make throughout the year and for simply not striking the same chord or tone with his players that he had to this year. When so many times they lost games that they quite simply should not have lost. Whether it was some of the games uh, against teams coming off of a back-to-back, right? 2-5-1 and one, when they were rested, but their opponents weren't including losses to Vancouver in October, to Winnipeg in January, to San Jose right before the All-Star break, to Montreal just a month ago, and to Chicago on Tuesday night. Five, eight, and two themselves on the second half of back-to-backs. So maybe the age did play a part. Or maybe they just don't deserve to make the playoffs. Maybe that's it. it's frustrating. It's frustrating to get the year they got from Crosby and Malkin for them to remain healthy and productive and not have the proper pieces in place around them, nor get the goaltending. So maybe they move on at GM. Heck, maybe they even move on at head coach. I don't suspect it, but we've seen crazier things happen. Maybe they move on at president. Maybe they revamp the management structure. And maybe they do go out and get the right pieces in place. Who knows? Maybe they make a huge move for a goaltender. Bring back the hometown boy, John Gibson. Bring in a UC Saros. Something crazy. JT Miller. Oh, whatever. Let's get guys from here. Maybe that'll make us feel better. But maybe they do the right things this offseason with a different president and a different GM and maybe even a different head coach. Who knows? Maybe they do all of that. Are you necessarily counting on Sidney Crosby at 36 and if Getty Malkin and Chris Letang at 37 each, putting together another healthy and another productive season? That's hard to count on at this age and at this stage of the game. I don't know where they go from here. I don't. But I do know that if they get another opportunity. With Crosby and Malkin and Latang healthy and productive, they better make the best of it. Because I'm going to have a hard time believing that 2018 will end up being the last time this core won a playoff series together. And that they went off into the sunset losing their final five playoff series together. And not even getting in again, if that's the way it goes down. Can you believe that? What if they go down as the team? And this would be, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, this would be a whole hell of a lot like the way Zetterberg and Dotsuk went out in Detroit. Not far off from the way the Blackhawks went out with Kane and Taves. And somewhat similar to the way the Kings went out when Jeff Carter was there with his buddy Mike Richards. To go out quietly with a whimper. Without a playoff series victory in, at the very least, their last five seasons now. That's undeserving. Maybe not of the legendary status that those guys will have within this organization and should have within the game someday, but certainly undeserving of the way they should have gone out. They should have gone out with one more good run. But this team that surrounded Crosby, Malkin, and Latang this year. They were undeserving of that opportunity. And man, to have it happen in a game against the Chicago flipping Blackhawks where you just absolutely dominate them for long stretches of time and your goaltender craps the bed. Hmm. Frustrating. They looked the gift horse right in the mouth. Could the mouth be opening again? I touched on it earlier. Is it still a possibility? Can you reach out and almost touch it? We'll get into that in a couple of minutes. After I catch up with Robert Morris men's hockey coach, Derek Schooley. Talk to him about the return of Robert Morris hockey later this fall. And what he saw at the Frozen Four and his thoughts on where the Pittsburgh Penguins go from here. That's all next, right here on 5th Avenue Faceoff. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in 5th Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack, joined by Derek Schooley, head Coach for Robert Morris, Hockey down on the breezy but beautiful island. Look at it there behind you, schools. It looks well. You can go
1: this way. There, there you go. You got the river the other way. How about that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: for everybody watching it on YouTube, thanks for taking a couple minutes, man. I know you've been busy lately. I want to get into. Uh, your thoughts after watching the way the penguin season has sort of dwindled to an end here as a hockey guy, your thoughts on things, but let's have a palate cleanser if we could first and talk about good stuff. We'll get to the return of, of Robert Morris hockey in a moment, but, um, you paid close attention to the frozen four. You were down there. Were you not this past week to watch the frozen four down in Tampa?
1: We can't tell, but my uh, sunburn—I've got it matches my shirt right now. But um, <laughs> a,
0: nice, a nice, rosy pink.
1: Yeah, that's right. No, it's red. It's red as could be. But no, uh, you know, right now with uh, going down to Tampa, I was—I did—I did—I was a media guy actually. I did a lot of stuff through media for US College Hockey Online, and and worked mm-hmm. through that direction, and and uh, made sure that you know I did. Uh, I was on the other side. I was doing in-between period hits. I was doing, uh, podcasts. I was doing, uh, I was at press conferences on the other side. And, um, so it was really, it was neat. It was interesting to do it. It's the second year I've done it. Um, it was one of those things where I was almost going to be my last time doing it because obviously getting back to coaching, but I really enjoy it. So, um, maybe we'll see if I can do it next year or during the season. It only, takes an hour of my time a week doing do a podcast, so it's it's fun, though. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always something to me that Tampa has become almost like a hotbed for the Frozen Four. It's hosted it multiple times now. It seems to go exceedingly well down there. Um, it's a market that has embraced hockey, not just on an NHL level, but it, it's maybe it's because it's a great place to travel at this time of year, and everybody loves to go down there, especially from the northern markets where college hockey is so big but it seems to work there very well.
1: Well, it's almost the the thing about it was, is the fact that we are right there. Everything's within a couple blocks. you got the hotels, you've got the Amelie Arena, you've got the hotels, the restaurants, uh, bars, everybody's in walking distance. Everybody's spent the whole winter in shorts, or in long pants, sweatshirts. Now you're in shorts and flip-flops and a t-shirt. And you, if it just, the sun, you know how it is. The sun makes you feel good. And then you go in and you watch uh really good hockey and and watch uh, uh, the best teams in the nation battle it out. I would not be surprised if, uh, you know, Minneapolis and Boston uh, each get one every eight years. I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa's in that, that uh, same realm, you know, kind of like Pittsburgh was for a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I got uh, somebody tweeted out a picture of the sunset and, and the beach and the ocean and said, who would like to be in Pittsburgh, said nobody. And I that day I sent a a screenshot of the weather. That day it was 85 and sunny here, so they had to they had to take it back. So it uh, yeah a little bit, but (laughs) you can't guarantee that here. But no, we're um, you know Pittsburgh wants to be involved again. So uh, you know we had uh, people from Visit Pittsburgh, down there Sports Pittsburgh that want to get uh, the Frozen Four back again. It's been uh, two interesting ones that we've hosted here. One was uh, we got a couple different uh, site uh, teams that weren't large drawing teams but we still got great crowds and then we dealt with one during COVID where we only allowed to put 4,000 people in the stands so I think that uh, Pittsburgh's definitely uh, still in the market to get it back there and who knows maybe uh, Pittsburgh can stay on a rotation.
0: Yeah that'd be great Uh, I mean there are there are a ton of hockey fans in Pittsburgh who disappointed as they are in the pens right now we'll get into that in a little bit um, are, are hockey nuts. Uh, the youth hockey community certainly here in Western PA is really strong and people love to get hockey any way they can get it, which will uh, include Robert Morris soon enough. But before we put a button on your experience down in Tampa, just what did you see? Uh, what did you maybe learn a little bit from in watching um, the championship run of Winnipeg and Rand Peck-Bold and everything that went into them winning a title in his 29th season and watching that program sort of grow and evolve over the last 30 years?
1: Well, my former assistant, Mike Corbett, who worked for us in our last year of programs, program is now an assistant there. So I had a rooting interest plus the head coach of Minnesota is a good friend of mine. So it was, I was a little bit of, a bit torn, but just to watch what they've done and, and how they've done it, the, obviously the uh, building a new 4,000 seat, beautiful facility really helped elevate their program. And uh, I really think that, you know, it just shows you that the unions of the world, the Quinnipiacs of the world, even the Robert Morris is the world, a national championship isn't that far away. If you get everything going in the right direction, like I said, they took a, a new building and it took uh, a massive investment, but that's what Quinnipiac chose to spend their money on. And I think those are one of the things that when you're deciding what you want to do with sports and athletics and your programs, you got to look at that. And Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. And you want to see the smaller schools win. you don't want the, the big schools that throw all the money, the charter planes, the NILs, all that after, uh, to be able to continue to to win and so it was good to see Quinnipiac do it
0: well it's part of what makes NCAA athletics great I think is regardless of what sport it is you like to see a Cinderella you like to see a TCU get to a national championship game you like to see a San Diego State get to a national championship game a Quinnipiac in this case so you make a good point you know the big boys are fun and all but it's nice to have somebody crash the party occasionally um is that something – look, I, I know you guys are preparing for the return of hockey um, out on the island and in Moon Township, but it, where, where are your goals most immediately and as you start to think about long-term for the return of Robert Morris hockey? Um, is it baby steps at first and just get back up and walking again, or is it no? No, we, we've seen the, how the community can get behind this, and, and we've got some bigger long-range goals as well.
1: Yeah, we feel that uh, with the transfer portal, we still need a couple more players out of the transfer portal. Uh, um, we think that we can get back a, a lot quicker than when we started originally. So if you can, you can do that quickly. Get back to where you're at and try to get as uh, back competitively as quickly as possible. Uh, we're not doing this just to start hockey back up. We want to win again. We were winning previous, and uh, uh, you know we won the division the year before we dropped our program. Uh, and we want to do that again we don't want to wait another 10 years to to get things back to where they are so i really believe that uh, we can get there we can do this and we can enjoy uh uh winning uh, again on the island
0: not to try and get you in trouble with anybody because that's not the the purpose of this question but just what is the level of commitment from the university in in saying hey We've seen the support from the community now over the last couple of years—the charity hockey games, the fundraising, everything that's gone into it. Um, what is the level of, of commitment from the university? I don't—I guess I wouldn't expect it at least immediately to be on par with, like you said, Quinnipiac building a new 4,000-seat arena for their program. But all right, do you feel like there's a little bit more support coming from uh, from the university this time around?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for playing in both those games. We appreciate uh, your support as well as a lot of the other celebrities and media people who got behind us. So thank you. You had to have uh, some
0: pluggers out there to fill out the fourth line, like me and the pirate parrot.
1: Yeah. You, you pirate parrot screened the goalie though. So you did it better (laughs) uh, defensively a little bit. Yeah. 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 But uh, you know, it's not a question to get me in trouble because this is one of the questions that I deal with every day with, uh, with players on, on zooms and, uh, video calls and, and things like that. The first question I always ask right off the bat, it, it, I, I'm asked is, um, I not, I don't, I'm not asked it, I bring it up. It's what I bring up. It's, I don't hide from it, you don't run from it. Uh, this is what happened, uh, this is why it happened. But now here's where we're at. We've got more donor support, we've got more media support, we've got more uh, community support we wouldn't be back here if it wasn't for the community. And uh, we tell people that we've got, we've sold more season tickets. Um, We've got a president and Dr. Michelle Patrick and an athletic director and and Chris King who are so committed to, to hockey at Robert Morris. So those are things that we talk about right off the bat. And it's nothing that to run from or hide from it's, it's the way things are, and uh, I think that's the exciting thing is uh, is because of all the support and is because of where we're at and how things are moving forward in, in a in a good direction.
0: Well, yeah. How close are you now? It's it's this fall, right? I mean, you guys will be back out on the ice soon enough in just a few months, right?
1: October seventh is our first game, so we're excited. We're we're like I said, we we need a uh, another goalie and we need two forwards, and that we've got our team. So we're getting there, and we're excited to be back and ready to play uh, college hockey again.
0: This is going to be great. Uh, I'm glad. I, I know how hard it was for for you and uh, Brianne McLaughlin-Biddle and every everybody, you know, TJ Brown. I'm, I, I'm name-dropping people now, and I'm going to forget people, obviously, which isn't fair. Uh, but everybody who was uh, Logan Biddle, everyone who's been involved in this thing, um you guys have worked your asses off the last couple of years, so um, a round of applause to all of you too. For, for, we couldn't for have done it happen. without.
1: We couldn't have done it without. Like I said, people in the community really rallied behind it. Um, thank you to the community. But you know, we had Ryan Malone was out there was a great spokesman for us. Sean Suesem, Neil Walker, Brett Kiesel. People found this to be a cause to rally behind, and um, like I said, we couldn't have done it without the support. But Community is 100 percent responsible. They spoke up with their opinions. They spoke up with their uh, um, um, with their donations. They spoke up and they wanted hockey back. and And here we go, October seventh.
0: Uh, before I let you run, Derek, I got to ask you as a hockey fan and oh, as a hockey Oh, you're not going to put
1: me on. You're not putting oh, me on the spot with the Penguins, are you? On
0: the spot, Derek. On the spot. Come on, if you're going to be in this media racket, you got to have some opinions from time to time. So. Give it to me, man. I mean, it looks like they're down and out. They got as as a, as of our speaking right now on Monday, or excuse me, Wednesday afternoon. It looks like there's very little chance they're getting into the playoffs. It'll break the streak of 16 consecutive playoff appearances. Uh, despite the fact that you got a great season from a 35 year old Sidney Crosby and a 36 year old of Genny Malkin and Chris Letang at that age as well, 36. Um, what's the path forward for a team whose best players are aging? um and who might have a, a a lot of question marks in some very important positions including in upper management
1: yeah you've you had to throw all that question i mean you went right right to it you threw the management in there you threw the crosby uh, i was disappointed in the game yesterday um tuesday night i thought uh i thought they were given a path to the playoffs and obviously uh, uh chicago came in and it took it to them um i think uh I wouldn't count them out. You never count out Sidney Crosby and, and his group of guys with Malkin and Latang. but you're right. It, it does look uh, challenging. The thing is that they did is it's not in their own hands. Now destiny isn't, it not in their ha- hands or their fate as Mike Persuda likes to say, it is not in his own hands or their own hands. I think uh, they're going to, they're going to need help and they got it last week. They got it uh, when the Capitals beat the Islanders. I don't know if they're going to get it from the Canadians tonight. And uh, when was the last time in Pittsburgh they played a, a, a meaningless uh, regular season game? And we're spoiled here. Yeah. We've been spoiled yeah. since I've been here. I was here when they weren't making the playoffs and they weren't very good and watched them rise to, to Stanley Cup finals, to Stanley Cup championships. And we've been spoiled. And it's going to be different without seeing playoffs here um, come, you know, April, May.
0: That was pretty, pretty adept by you for being for being a guy who's got limited experience in the media. You danced around that one pretty well. Congrats. Yeah. good on was you.
1: It, was it dancing or was it just <laughs> telling the truth? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and give you a hot take that could get me in trouble. I mean, it, it, uh, I think I gave a really good in-depth analysis without completely blowing anybody up either way.
0: Okay, fair enough. You still got the quick feet, like you're backing in on that, that reverse crossover, trying to keep your gap between you and a, an oncoming two-on-one. So I'll give you credit. Still got the quick feet, schools. I'll, 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 I'll give the credit where it's due.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I I wouldn't expect anything from other than a, a hot take question from you.
0: <laughs> hey, we have standards and expectations to live up to around here, okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you get back inside before you get any more sunburnt. Um, I like it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for taking the time, man. Seriously, I really appreciate it. I can't wait to get out there and check you guys out in the fall. Um, And hopefully, like you said, we we shouldn't count Sidney Crosby and his boys out yet, and there's still just a little sliver of hope. Keep up the great work. We'll talk again soon, okay?
1: I appreciate it, Chris. And once again, thank you for everything you do. Thank you to the community. And uh, October 7th is going to come quick against Bowling Green.
0: Love it. Great stuff, schools. Thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great stuff from Derek Schooley. October 7th, you heard him say the date again. Want to mention it multiple times. Robert Morris back in action out on the island against Bowling Green. Colonial hockey will be back. If you are a hockey fan in Pittsburgh, let's be honest. Let's be real about it. You don't know what's coming with the Penguins. Okay? You don't. You don't. You don't. I don't. Nobody listening. Has any idea what's coming with the Penguins? Not just in the coming days, weeks, months, but in the coming years. Who knows? Maybe they somehow, maybe they bring in a new president, GM in the offseason, somehow piece together this team around Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Those guys stay healthy and productive for another year or two. They go on one final beautiful run, like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, right? Thelma and Louise driving off the cliff. Well, we don't want that, but you get the point. Uh, One more ride to greatness. Maybe it's in there. But just in case it isn't, if you're a hockey fan, and not just a Penguins fan, not just a professional sports fan, but a hockey fan, you know that Derek Schooley and the Robert Morris Colonials, after building their program the first time, are undoubtedly, like he said, going to go out of their way to build it up even better the second time. So my thought is you can have really good and really competitive D1 hockey back in Pittsburgh a whole hell of a lot sooner rather than later. And it might be at the same time that the NHL version of the hockey is <gasps> wavering, so to speak. Um, so keep an eye on what Derek is doing out there and what RMU is doing with their men's and women's hockey programs now that they're both reinstated. All right, coming up next, it's 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 done, right? It's done. It's over with. You think? Fifth Avenue face-off. time it's time to hit the ice penguin fans chris mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your penguin only on fifth avenue face off welcome back in fifth avenue face off i'm chris mack don't forget subscribe to the show won't you inside your odyssey app a-u-d-a-c-y you simply go up in the upper right hand corner and you tap ping, follow it doesn't make that noise but it will give you a little check mark to let you know you're following the podcast and you'll get notified of new episodes as soon as they're available to you. They'll show up in your queue right there in your Odyssey app. However you get your podcast, follow, download, rate, uh, subscribe, review, all those fun things so that we know that you're enjoying the podcast. And if you want to interact, at dchrismack on Twitter is how you do that. You can watch the show as well. Maybe you're doing that right now. Turn that frown upside down on YouTube dot com slash 93 7 the fan that's where you get the latest episodes of fifth avenue face-off click the little notification bell you'll be you'll be notified appropriately enough that's why they call it that as soon as new episodes are available they looked the gift horse in the mouth on tuesday night right in the mouth i don't know what that saying means to be quite honest looking the gift horse in the mouth I'm not sure where it came from I mean, did anyone actually ever take a horse that had provided gifts to them, open their mouth, and look into it? Oh, here we go. I looked it up. How about this? The proverb refers to the practice of evaluating the age of a horse by looking at its teeth. This practice is also the source of the expression long in the tooth, meaning old. How about that for irony? During an episode where we're talking about the advanced age of the Pittsburgh Penguins superstars and whether they can produce and stay healthy going into the future, while possibly, let's not expect too much out of this management team, whether it's them or somebody else, uh, possibly be surrounded with the right pieces. The old proverb, the old axiom, the old saying that's been mentioned, oh, they look the gift horse right in the mouth actually ties back its origins to age advanced age in fact it gets no more ironic than that i don't think alanis morissette should write a song about it now there is the possibility and it depends when you're listening to this episode it may have happened already or this possibility may no longer exist because it is uh, wednesday afternoon at about 122 eastern time as i am recording this and it may now be nine hours later and the New York Islanders have secured at least a point in their game against the Montreal Canadiens and clinched the final spot in the Eastern Conference and the Penguins have been eliminated but it's possible it's possible that you could be listening this to this at that very same point in time and the Islanders did not secure that point it's like a choose your own adventure book and that means the Penguins simply have to go to Columbus and win a game they'll get another opportunity to look that gift horse in the mouth. Man, wouldn't it be something if that happened and they lost again? That would truly be the definition of an undeserving team. But wouldn't it be something if after all this, after a post-mortem on their season of sorts, (laughs) they extended it anyway? I don't expect the Islanders to blow it against Montreal. And again, you may be listening to this at a point in the future where you already know the outcome. In which case, shh, sh- 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 don't tell me, don't ruin it for me. But the fact that they looked the first gift horse in the mouth, I think, is frustrating enough for me and you and all Penguins fans, and inexcusable. And why I end up coming back around to Mike Sullivan having to take some of the onus for the blame on this thing—he's certainly not the most responsible party. That's probably the GM. Heck, he's not even the second most responsible party. It's probably the goaltenders. He's probably not even the third most responsible party. That's probably the players, especially the ones not named Crosby, Malkin, and Letang. Or Raquel or Zucker, I'll include them as well. But, But he is one of the reasons... Because he's no longer getting through to these guys. And I'm a big fan of Mike Sullivan. One of his biggest defenders. But at a certain point, unfortunately, in the NHL, coaches bite the bullet for the team if they're not getting the results that are necessary. Maybe that's a year from now. Maybe it's not immediately. Maybe he goes into the 2023-24 season on the proverbial hot seat. But either way, There's plenty of blame to go around. It is a blame buffet. All you can eat. Step on up. Bring your plate and grab servings of all of it. Because you're going to have to sit in the corner and clean your plate if you're a Penguins fan. Lots of blame to go around. Friday, we will attempt to wrap this thing up or look ahead to the playoffs. Who knows? Again, you may already know the outcome and what to expect on Friday, depending on when you're listening to this. Again, if you're a time traveler, don't ruin it for me right now. Although I don't think there's a way you can do that. But you never know. And we will have episodes for you regardless of how things go in the next few days and weeks throughout the summer of Fifth Avenue Face-Off. That's for sure. But again, uh, subscribe, download, follow, rate, review, all that fun stuff to make sure you are prepared every single day for the newest episodes of Fifth Avenue Face-Off.